This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everyone, thanks for listening in today on Green Talk Radio from GreenLivingIdeas.com. This is Sean Daly, and I have with me today John Bradshaw, who is the Environmental Marketing Manager for Shaw Floors. John, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Sean. You bet. Well, the topic for today's program, uh, something you guys uh, know a lot about, I know, is uh, carpets and and carpeting. And um, we were at the uh, PCB show not too long ago here in San Francisco, which is a a West Coast building show. And everybody kept coming up to me, both from my company and other people I knew at the show. And they were saying, have you been over to the Shaw booth yet? It's really cool what they're doing with uh, recycled carpeting and and all that. So I'm jumping a little bit uh, ahead here. but uh, So you guys got on my radar screen at that point. So we, we certainly... We haven't covered this topic yet about carpeting. We've done a lot of flooring, more centered on the hardwood flooring, but very interested to hear about um, what you guys are doing in terms of um, you know, sustainable carpeting and then you know, the health issues and all those other things. But why don't we start with you just telling us a little bit about sort of the, the bird's eye, 30,000-foot view um, of uh, Shaw Industries. Well, um, Shaw Industries really started as a carpet manufacturer, and obviously today it's a little bit different. The, the industry is a little bit different. Uh, uh, we are the largest carpet manufacturer, but we also manufacture wood, laminate, rugs, uh, many of the surfaces that um, that, that go out uh, that go down in the floor today. Um, and really, we service customers both in the retail avenue, uh, builder, as well as commercial uh, side as well. And we've got uh, a number of different products and, and services available to those customers. Okay. And so, well, tell us about the materials themselves. So when we're talking about carpeting, um, and obviously we're talking about, you know, I'll focus this on, you know, wall-to-wall carpeting. Mm -hmm. Typical, what are the materials, what makes you guys different in terms of what you're doing with the materials and the carpeting and, you know, what makes them environmentally friendly or sustainable? Well, you know, in, in order to do this, the, fir- the first thing that we all have to remember is uh, whether it's carpet or anything in the flooring or, or anything in the home, the first thing you have to think about is fashion and style and, and never losing the perspective of that. And that's something at Shaw that we don't do. Uh, but I think there's two things that we have to really focus in on, both as an industry and specifically as Shaw. And, that, and that's kind of the resource stewardship as well as the indoor air quality issues that are out there. Okay. And, and so, you know, and I mean, I think that's, that's certainly an important issue. Um, you know, the, the issues that come up around uh, carpeting most frequently are, well, you've got a number of issues. And one, one thing that's important to say is that carpeting accounts for like, you know, 70% of flooring uh, by many standards and many surveys out there. Um, so it's pretty significant. And what we see a lot, and I, mean, I think we've all seen it in, in landfills and such, is, is uh, you see, you know, these rolled up carpets uh, getting, getting uh, put back out there. And so why don't we start with that and, and how you guys are addressing that issue? Well, we have about, 
I guess a little bit over a year ago, we purchased the assets of a, of, uh, uh, of the fiber production from from Honeywell, and and that allows us to be vertically integrated, which as a company obviously makes a lot of sense, and it allows us to do a lot of things. As a part of that uh, acquisition, we were able to um, uh, gain access to a, a kind of a mothballed process um, that uh, was started back in 2000, but but mothballed by Honeywell for a number of economic and, and other reasons. But we now have the ability, after bringing this, this um, uh, facility back up, uh, we have the ability to take carpet and make carpet. Uh, which is not necessarily the first. Uh, we, Honeywell was the first to do it, but but we are the largest uh, um, uh, processor of carpet. And and I think the beauty of this is is if you follow kind of a, a cradle to cradle concept. Um, and the easiest way to look at cradle to cradle is to think about a cradle to grave. You know, we, many times we make a product, and to your point before about the landfills, you know, we made the product, we sell the product, you use the product, and you throw it into a landfill. Well, in, in our particular cradle to cradle or carpet to carpet recycling process, we can take the carpet and turn it right back into itself over and over again without losing any property whatsoever. Okay. So is that something that's unique to Shaw? Is that something that's not really being done uh, by other companies? It is. Yes, it is unique uh, for Shaw in, in the industry. Now there there are a couple of others that are that are that are doing this, but it's on a much smaller scale. Um, we are we are doing it on the largest scale in the industry, and and the key difference for us and against some other uh, folks is is we're taking it back to its original state. It's it's a white nylon, which means it's not dyed. Um, okay. Which is very—it's a little bit different than some, some of the other processes that are out there. Okay, and and so that's what I really wanted to find out, and, and I know for our audience that are curious about you know because there there are there are several things, and I mentioned one. One is the landfill issue, sure. and you may or may not have answers for all of these, so I'm just going to throw them out there because there's things that we have covered on our site with the content we have there on our website, mm-hmm. um, the written content, as well as obviously in this podcast. And so you know, one, I think one of the things is obviously the landfill, the, the cradle to cradle. Issue which you've addressed. There's there's also you know controversy around things like um, off gassing from carpeting. Um, do you do you guys have any you know philosophies or thoughts on that? Absolutely. I call it the great urban myth. Um, uh, you know, carpet has gotten a bad reputation from, from from a lot of people, but but I think that our industry as well as Shaw Industries can stand up and be very proud of where we stand from an indoor air quality standpoint. Uh, there is a qualification, a certification in our industry called Green Label Plus, and Green Label Plus basically ensures that that anybody that's purchasing carpet uh, is is purchasing one of the lowest emitting products that can go into the home, and and really that's backed up by uh, you know real true science and and. And I think that at some point in the past, there might have been some issues regarding the indoor air quality. But but literally, the science will tell us now that actually carpet acts as a trap if properly maintained and and vacuumed and cleaned um, uh, rather than let the allergens and uh, emissions kind of uh, you know sit in the air on hard surfaces actually carpet is used can be used as a very successful trap to be cleaned and and maintained in the future yeah and you bring up the green label plus program which is a resource that came up in the article on our site the main article on carpeting mm-hmm. and that's worthy of uh, mentioning to the the listeners today uh, a link to that program for more specifics on you know exactly 
exactly how they certify uh, and so forth. And I believe it's uh, carpet-rug.com. That is correct. Yeah, is, is where that information is located. So I just wanted to, to add that in there. And it, uh, I guess it's a program that periodically measures for selected VOCs, volatile organic compounds, um, from various carpet manufacturers. Uh, and not only in carpets, but also the adhesives as well. Right. Okay. Well, right. Good point. There's a lot more than just the, the fibers of the carpet that's going on there. And, and, and I think soon to be pad, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I don't think that's in there yet, but I think that's that's going to be. Right. Yes, because, well, and that, I imagine a lot of cases comes from different manufacturers, the pad as opposed to the carpet. Absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, obviously in order to be successful from an overall standpoint, we've got to have all the components in, in the testing process. You bring up a good point, too, when you mentioned about if it's if properly cleaned, and that's another, so along the bullet points of, you know, I, I, this is an opportunity to either, you know, to debunk myths or, or illuminate people in general about it, is, you know, this is a user side issue, which is cleaning carpet. And carpets get a bad reputation sometimes for being for being dirty, right? Especially the deep the deeper pile ones. Right. And, and you know, for people that are looking to have a healthy home, it's not just about environmental sustainability, but also sustaining your family's health, right? That's you're exactly right. And it's just like I mean, you know, if if you're looking at uh, you know purchasing air filters. Um, you know, purchase a good vacuum. Uh, it's 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 going to do every bit as good, if not in some cases more, because as I said before, you know, if the allergens are trapped, then then the best thing you can do is is to get those allergens out and away from your family. And and a, and a very good vacuum and vacuuming uh, in a timely manner is is critical to that. Right. So it really, I mean, that's that's what that comes down to. Now I'm curious: is there anything that on the manufacturing side that affects the? You mentioned a good vacuum cleaner, and and I just have to say Dyson because <laughs> you know those things are amazing. Uh, well, the commercials certainly look good, don't they? Yeah. Well, I I just you know I, okay I, I'm I'm you know I'm somewhat domesticated. I, I, you know, I won't say that I'm like the expert cleaner in the house. Okay, I'm not going to because my wife will, you know, smack me later if I say that. But, but I will say that those things are, are, are amazing. And, and, but you know, they're also really expensive. Is there anything that can be done for your garden variety vacuum cleaner in the manufacturing process with the carpet that affects the cleanability of the carpet? Not really, because no. I think I think if you look at uh, you know there's there's the filtering process is probably the biggest um, function of getting that those allergens out, and and I'm not really not really the one that you need to talk to about that. Okay. I don't really have as much data on that. Right. Well, I was just curious in terms of like the you know how how absorbent maybe the fibers were uh, or not absorbent would affect. For example, how easily dirt comes free from it, or spacing. I think that's, that, that, that's like interesting. That. You know, I mean, I, I, th- I think that's a, an interesting premise. But I think, and, and this is just a thought, that all of the fibers perform pretty close to the same regarding that. Okay. And so, and so the, the the materials. What's the range of different materials that are used in, in fibers for people that are interested in the nitty gritty? I mean, what, what's what's the most common that's used out there? What do you guys use? I, I think that's a great question because it brings us back to our recycling process. Um, there are several different carpet fibers that are used in the production of carpet. Uh, there's there's nylon, and actually there's a couple of different types of nylon. There's polypropylene, polyester, uh, wool, uh, and, and a couple of others. But predominantly, you're looking at kind of four that make up most of what is produced. It's uh, a nylon type 6, type 6-6, polypropylene, and polyester. Those are really the big four that are produced today into uh, into carpet. And, that, and that's in comparison with the, the petroleum-based SB latex, polyurethane, polyvinyl chloride. Those are, those are the other ones that are 
that are less desirable? Most of those, well, all of these are are obviously derivatives of petroleum, but uh, these are the ones that probably, from a performance standpoint, from a strength standpoint, really really make sense, make the most sense. Okay. So they're all, basically, you're dealing with petroleum products no matter what you're doing, but it's just a question of, you know, whether or not, which, I mean, a lot of people have an immediate visceral reaction to that, but, you know, the problem is that the petroleum products, well, since the 1950s, pretty much, you know, everything is based on petroleum, not everything, but a large number most, of things. Most, not even most things, many things. Many, many, many probably things. probably the best way to say right. that. And though we wish to reduce that, there's, there are certain, you know, there's certain things where you're not going you're you're to get away from it, uh, at least at this stage of the game, um, because of the extant nature of it. Exactly. And, and, and really, if, if you start talking about carpet recycling, um, the key differences here is, and, and we, we talk about the carpet-to-carpet recycling that we can do with our Type 6 nylon. Mm-hmm. Now, we still have 6.6, and, and we still sell polypropylene and produce and uh, manufacture carpets made out of polyester, polypropylene, and, and Type 6.6. But Type 6 is the fiber that we can actually take back to our Evergreen recycling facility in Augusta, Georgia, and turn it right back into carpet fiber okay. and do it over and over again. Right, because, I mean, that's really a, a lot of that that comes down to is not having that stuff end up in a landfill. I mean, that's typically the number one argument about that, it. That, that's probably the best argument. But the other thing, and we were talking about it, that, you know, just about everything that we know of or, or, or most of the things that we know of are derivatives of petroleum. But think about it. If we're recycling it out of the product that is a, a petroleum derivative, we're not having to use any additional fossil fuels to make that product. Sure. So obviously there's a huge benefit there as well. Right, right. So um, I'm also uh, curious about the recycling program. Have you guys ever measured, you know, like in terms of energy, this, what the savings are, quantified that? We are, we are in the middle of a life cycle analysis. And, uh, and and we should have those results out in the next couple of months. But uh, you know the facility uh, really just started uh, uh, producing in February of this year. So we are we're we are still in the process of of determining a lot of that. But uh, we, we certainly uh, feel very strongly that something that we're going to come out and, and talk about in a big way. Okay. So you're not really at this point about the collection program. Do you have any statistics there on how how things have gone? Was absolutely. You do. Okay. But, you know, in order. To create this process, first we have to have kind of a working plant, um, and our Evergreen facility is is working incredibly well. What the initial uh, capacity that was generated for this plant was 100 million pounds of carpet that we can turn into 30 million pounds of nylon. So basically, we needed to very quickly get our hands on 100 million pounds of carpet. And I think that's a pretty significant number. And, and really, that's when I was moved over into this position and kind of told, you need to understand how to go get it. And the fortunate thing for us is we have uh, relationships with thousands of customers across the country. And uh, the benefit to us is that we sell them carpet. We know who's buying the carpet. So ultimately, we know who's taking the carpet up. So we we have a relationship, and we've established a relationship with a customer to try to figure out ways that we can, instead of them throwing the carpet into the dumpster, they can throw it into a container and let us bring it back to a central collection point where we would sort it. Because remember, we have all these fiber streams. Yeah. You know, we have to get the, the, the nylon six to bring it back to Augusta, Georgia for our facility. 
But then you've got the 6.6, nylon 6.6, excuse me, polypropylene, polyester. And a couple of these already have outlets. Some of them will soon have outlets uh, so, so that those would be kind of a downcycling outlet. They wouldn't be coming back into carpet, but they certainly would still be used in other products in some, in some way. In most cases, in fact, in all cases, engineered plastics. Uh, you know, the nylon 6.6 right now is being used to, you know, create uh, automotive parts. Um, the polypropylene is being used um, by a company that manufactures uh, piping for uh, field lines for, for septic tanks. Um, so, you know, innovation, I think, is going to occur. There wasn't very much carpet being collected uh, before we started Evergreen, but certainly since we've started Evergreen, there is. And I think innovation will continue, hopefully, to bring us more and more uses for those other fiber streams because, it, you know, the Nylon 6 is really what we want and what we're after. And, you know, hopefully that will continue to grow and develop. We are currently, uh, Sean, taking carpet back from 50 locations across the country. We are uh, within 50 miles of 40% of the population currently. And we are about 80% of the way there to our 100 million pounds annualized. So in in a year's time, uh, we've been pretty busy, but um, I guess we've been pretty effective. That's great. Well, it's good to hear about a program like that. And I was uh, it's funny, I was just about to ask you about, you know, how many collection centers there are and, and how sort of that pro- part of the process works um, as far as, you know, because I mean, that's really a big part of it right now is it needs to be convenient for people to do these things. You know, it's, it's got to be, it's just like having your recycle bin nearby. It encourages it. You know, you've also got, um, you know, places like Best Buy and, and so forth that are collecting, oh, you know, batteries and cell phones and, and things like this that would otherwise maybe go back into the, uh, you know, into landfills and such. Um, the other part of it, though, that I'm really curious about is with regards to the separation. And I'm getting technical on you, so if I get too technical or, you, you know, you're not the guy to answer this question, just say so. You bop, bop me on the nose of the newspaper here, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated about the, um, you know, the separation of all these different potential ingredients that you've mentioned. Um, how, how do you deal with that in, in, the, uh, in the plant that's doing the recycling? Well, are you specifically talking about the carpet itself from a back, the backings, and, or, or are you talking about the different fiber streams? Hey, yeah, but I really, it's, I guess, both. I, I, it's taking this morass, <laughs> this morass of stuff that you're collecting, because, you know, everybody, everybody is like, okay, here, I've dumped my stuff off. I put my, you know, my plastic bottles in the bin, but they never really think about, like, what happens after that with separation and right. what needs to happen. Is, is that very complex on, on with the car, regards to carpeting? It, it really isn't, and we'll take the first the first step because basically it's a pretty simple process. I mean, the carpet comes out; it typically is brought back. Although in, in some areas of the country, it's it's put out on the curb, which is really difficult for us to collect. But uh, in, in most cases, it's brought back with the installer, put in the dumpster of the account. That, in turn, is obviously not put in the dumpster, but put in some kind of a container that we put, or the installer brings it to a drop-off spot. And then after that, a carpet goes in and it gets sorted. The first thing that that it does when it goes through our collection process is is literally just gets sorted into the different fiber streams. There's actually a a piece of technology that really helps us in that. There's a a couple of different companies that make a testing device or an ID device, really, and 
that literally can be held to a, any carpet, and within probably a half a second or so, it will it'll light up whether it's type six nylon, type six six nylon, polypropylene polyester, and and ultimately what that's looking at is just the profile of the fiber itself, okay. and you know looking up against the library, and literally tells us that. So that's really how that separation process takes place. Cool. Okay, that's what I was wondering. And, and, and really, that has to take place in some central collection location. Sure. It, it really can't happen at the customer. Yeah, that makes um, sense. You know, it really has to happen there just to get the economies of scale. These things aren't cheap either. And, um, and these rugs aren't, I, I mean, these carpets aren't, there isn't, it's not like there's a big sign on the back on the underside that says, Type 66, you know? No, no. And, and, and in fact, I think as an industry, we, we, we are looking at that because obviously if we were to do something that would be highly identifiable, then that cost of that step obviously is lost in that. And that would be a positive. Yeah, it would. Uh, you know, but but then as we move through this process, then then after that carpet is sorted, it gets baled, kind of densified, and then brought back to Augusta, Georgia, where we put it into our process. And our process at Evergreen is is literally just a process that starts with used carpet, gets shredded, goes through uh, some chemical processes, some refining processes, and literally, Sean comes out as the exact same chemical as a, a kind of a, a virgin nylon uh, that, that is made from petroleum products. Mm-hmm. It's That's the exact great. same chemical. There's no loss of properties whatsoever. That's great. That's great. So from there, basically, there's no difference. It goes into our manufacturing process much the same that our regular uh, uh, nylon that we purchase goes into our process. And, and so there's really no difference whatsoever. Okay. So, John, tell me, I mean, how does this all end up affecting the customer? Well, it affects the customer from a carpet standpoint in a couple of ways. Number one, we have, we have started a process of, of IDing the carpet in selected stores across the country as both recyclable, uh, because the Type 6 is truly carpet-to-carpet recyclable, and, and that's truly different than other things that are out in the industry. But even more so, we have a, a product line that is under the Anso Fiber brand that not only is recyclable because it's Type 6, but it has the recycled content that we actually get out of our evergreen recycling facility in Augusta. So we've got products that are not only recyclable, but truly carpet-to-carpet recyclable, and we have products with recycled content as well in our Anso brand. John, there's one question I'd like to ask that we ask pretty much every guest on the show is about just the company itself to help us understand beyond the products and the technologies that you employ, um, you know, and the programs, but really just about the company itself and what you guys might be doing internally as a, you know, a company that's trying to be green, uh, what that looks like. What does it look like to be an employee in, the, in that company in terms of, you know, sustainability practices internally? Yeah, and I think the... Uh I think it's great. A lot of people can talk about being green, um, and ultimately, a lot of people are these days talking about being green. But uh, but I sure think are. that uh, <laughs> um, I think it's more important to really sit back and understand what kind of company you know we have. And I'm really proud to be a, an employee of Shaw Industries because you know we were doing environmental uh, things before it was really even cool, it, before people were really even talking about it. But, because we look we look at a couple of different things. I mean, we obviously want to take care of and protect um, 
the environment and the communities that we live in and, and really the people that work for us. Um, and, and I think that's important. And about a year ago, we started down a, a road of really trying to define our sustainability strategy. It's really not just about green because it is about the communities and the people. And uh, we basically needed also a way to tell that story. And, and we've come up with uh, the Shaw Green Edge. And, and the Green Edge is basically everything that, that comes up under that umbrella of, of community, um, environmental, sustainable, um, and, and ultimately people. And it's initiative-driven. It's things that we're already doing. Mm-hmm. And it's not things that we're talking about doing. And you can find that on, on our ShawGreenEdge.com website, or you can also get there through our ShawFloors.com uh, consumer website. But it's really important to understand that we have been the industry leader for a while. We just haven't really taken credit for it. And, and that happens sometimes, and it's 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 funny because you know there's there's uh, the companies that have been kind of uh, there's been other guests on the show like Carlisle that were like well we we've been doing that anyway as part of our business processes but now we feel compelled to say something because we don't want to be the only one who's not saying it when we were the only one who was doing it in the That's beginning so there's a certain uh, there's a certain uh, sort of obligatory nature to to standing up and saying well you know we, you do need to count us in here so you know Sean we have over a hundred. Uh, Green Edge initiatives, and they're all numbered, uh, one of which that we're probably most proud of, other than our Evergreen Nylon Recycling Facility, is we have uh, a uh, waste-to-energy pro- facility along with uh, Siemens that ultimately, and, and I won't go into the details, but ultimately saves us over 2.5 million gallons of diesel fuel a year. It, it literally runs a whole production facility for us, and uh, we're really excited about that because that's, that is really cutting-edge things. But we do things in, in conservation every day that I think you know, go towards the things that we need to get to from a, from a whole sustainable environmental approach. Well, great. And remember, you can find out more about Shaw Industries products on their website at www.shawfloors.com. Well, my guest today has been John Bradshaw, who is the Environmental Marketing Manager for Shaw Industries in the Flooring Division. And John, it's been a pleasure having you on the program. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Thanks for having me. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.